0: This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Click subscribe and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's I work the number 4 himcom This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program.
1: On the road today in Lubbock, Texas. That's right. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio and on Tuesdays we call it together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle your marriage and your relationship issues because here's the deal if your marriage and your relationship issues are messed up at home your witness in the workplace is compromised your ability to live out your faith and live out the gospel where you go wherever it is each and every day is messed up we as Christ followers should have the strongest marriages in America we need to be light to our community that's why we dedicate 20% of our shows to marriage and relationship issues, and today in Lubbock, Texas, it's no different. Now, let me tell you about Lubbock, Texas. It looks like Iowa, but it's at 3,000 feet. There's, there's, we on the way across from New Mexico today, Martha. What was one thing we saw a lot of?
2: Um, tumbleweed.
1: Tumbleweed. We were doing. <laughs> I was doing the old
2: and cotton. <whistles> Yeah, <laughs> he kept whistling every time one would go across I mean, it the just, road. It was,
1: it was like a scene from every western uh, as we came great. across from, from uh, Phoenix to, uh, or for, yeah, from Phoenix yesterday, across New Mexico, and across western Texas. But we're still in west Texas because, you know, when you start to drive in Texas, it takes, takes an entire while. day to get across <laughs> Texas. All right, on the road today, like I said, today in Lubbock, Texas, as we are on We are on location at Bow Homes. Now, you have heard about Beatonbow Homes. We've talked with Casey Brewer and Rick and Holly Beatonbow. Tomorrow, we're going to be highlighting what happened at their Kingdom at Work conference that was happened, the workshop that was in October, and we're going to talk more about how they're putting their faith into work in, in Bow Homes. And Casey Brewer and Rick Beatonbow will be joining us. But today, because we're talking about marriages, I said, Casey, hook me up with the marriage ministry right here in Lubbock, Texas. And he goes, All right. In this great town, there's one couple trying to make a a difference in marriages, and it's Allison and Rich Smith. They've got their heart, their soul dedicated to building up marriages, and their ministry is called Bird's Eye View. They hold marriage intensives with several couples at at a time and work alongside them to bring peace and contentment and strength through a several-stage process, which Martha and I studied as we went across the desert. Which that's really all we've seen since we crossed over into from Waco. When we left Magnolia last week, we've literally seen nothing but desert for an entire week. Did you like
2: Waco, Martha? I did. It was a very sweet treat.
1: Oh, that's that's what it is. I'm glad I was able to be sweet. So (laughs) welcome (laughs) to Lubbock, Texas. Rich and Allison Smith, welcome to I Work For Him.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here.
1: And we're excited about having you guys here so why not, why don't we just talk let's let's dig down deep as we do with every guest we always talk about okay how did you meet Jesus so let's just do with that Allison how did you first become a Christ follower
3: Wow um, I grew up in a Christian home so um, I was around I mean I, I grew up my parents taking me to church and um, but I uh, I think it was probably sixth seventh grade I remember in my room one night laying in my bed and um, just, I wanted to please the Lord so badly. And, um, so my initial salvation experience was more out of wanting to please him and, and kind of a workspace deal. but it wasn't until later high school where I really, um, found the spirit in life with Christ and, and knew his pleasure of me and with me. But um, Was that
1: growing up here? Are, are you from Lubbock? Yep, I'm
3: from Lubbock. Wow. I am.
1: And as Rich, you told me, this. there's a million people that are in this general area of Texas. Right, you guys right. call this West Central Texas? Is that what this is? Uh,
0: yeah, we, we, we call it West Texas. You call it West yeah. Texas. But Lubbock Lubbock specifically is called the Hub City.
1: The Hub City. Do, do we know why it's called the Hub City? Yeah,
0: it's because of the area that it services. It's... It, Things are far apart out here, Because if you haven't noticed yet. <laughs> oh, no, we noticed. We
1: noticed last night when there was 124 miles between rest areas and literally between gas stations. Like, yeah. you got to really be prepared when you're in the desert. Okay, so, Rich, how did you come to be a Christ
0: follower? I, too, grew up in a Christian home. My, my parents and grandparents came to faith in the Jesus movement in um, the early, early 70s. And as that swept across West Texas, things kind of came slowly. before Before the Internet, things moved slowly across mm-hmm. West Texas. Um, and the way the Jesus movement impacted West Texas was through, um, a ministry called the lay witness mission where people within congregations, lay people would go about sharing their testimonies of how Christ impacted their lives. And my parents and grandparents came to faith there when I was just a little tyke. And so I don't remember anything but that, um, they, they, uh, they raised me, um, seeking the Lord from a young age. And, um accepted the Lord in my heart um, in that Christian home and, and like Allison had an encounter with Christ um, later um that, that really I would say in my in my college years um, was was really my first um, intimate relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So then how did you guys meet?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Once oh the they both lit up oh. <laughs> i was um I had just finished college and was one of the youth pastors for a, lo- a large congregation here in town mm-hmm. I went to texas tech and um Allison was um the college intern um within the same <laughs> congregation oh we were dating the intern yeah okay. so so we so we uh we met that way um and her her roommate was actually my secretary and so we we had um kind of a double connection there um mm-hmm. It, we had lots of opportunities to to see each other from from a distance and to kind of scope each other out.
3: Yeah, he asked me to be a counselor for the disciple. Now they were doing for youth groups. So that was kind of our first. He spent a lot of time at the house I was at.
0: Oh. they needed a lot of help. They yeah. really yeah. did. Yeah. And so, so I was there for her. Yes, you know, I was just very to help. Nice servant-hearted. Hearted. Very yes. servant-hearted. Yeah, no, no agenda. Sure there. Was, yeah, really. Okay, so then how did the Lord? I mean, what was what was it that culminated? That said? no, we want to spend the rest of our lives together. I had been in a in a long term relationship the year prior. Um, and it, there's about a, a year between the, that breakup and, and the time when Allison and I began to date. And um, really, in in that long term relationship, you realize, uh, you know, what you do want and what you don't. Mm-hmm. And so I I was very intent when when Allison came across my path. I knew I knew quickly that she was. Um, a Proverbs 31 kind of woman, you know, and, and that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And, um, uh, Allison, what was it for you?
3: Well, we, um, I had, I actually graduated from a really small high school. There were 12 kids in my class, so I had not really dated in high school. We were all kind of more like family. And, um, so I, when I got to college, um, was part, I went to tech as well. And Wesley foundation had a lot of, um, dances and outlets for people to, you know, just Christian kids to to get together and hang out and so, so you
1: didn't grow up baptist because you were dancing that's right, that's right. okay,
3: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> don't be jealous right. <laughs> right right so i um it wasn't really dating because it wasn't serious relationships but i just went to a lot of different things with a lot of different guys and um having a lot of fun and um that that actually the evening after we finished disciple now rich and i sat down and just i mean we talked till like two or three in the morning and Um, it was just one of those deal. I mean, I literally left the house that night, um, saying I could totally marry that guy. It was just Mm. one of those, just, we were kind of sharing our passions and what we saw the Lord doing in our lives later on and what kind of stirred us. And, um, and so I had just never been around anybody like that before. And, um, so pretty much from, from then on, after that Disciple Now and that conversation, we,
0: it was a whirlwind romance. It was a whirlwind wow. romance.
1: Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So <laughs> yeah. how many years have you been married now? 24. 24? Yeah. So you got married at 16 then because you guys don't look any days. Right. You're 39. Exactly. So, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So where did you get your passion for marriage? Where did you get your
0: passion for fighting for marriages?
2: Mm.
0: So I, I told you guys that I, I began youth ministry and, and moved from there into worship ministry. But one of the things we found is that we, we kind of, those kids that we collected when we were youth ministers never really left us. Mm -hmm. And, and so they would watch our marriage only, you know, seven to 10 years ahead of them. Um, and, and then they would come to us, um, as they began to look for their spouse, their mate, um, making life decisions, where am I going to go to college? All, All those different things. Um, and so we began to sow seed into other, other marriages because of the relationships we had with those kids as they grew up and became adults. In fact, um, Casey Brewer and, and his wife, Dana, Dana was in our youth group and I married Casey and Dana. Um, so that, that's kind of an example of, of, the, of the type of, you know, lifelong mm-hmm. relationships that, you know, you just, you, you begin to sow seed and, and man, your heart's there, you know, where, where your treasure is, your heart is. And so the seed of our time and, and, our, and our energy were focused into those kids in their early years. And they came back around to us kind of boomeranged. And we began to really, you know, spend a lot of what we call couch time with them, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm.
1: Um. And that grew into you started to see that they had a need for people to mentor them and to feed Mm -hmm. into them. Obviously, that's what you saw. Walk life. I like that. We've got Rich and Allison Smith in the studio with us today. Really, we're we're at an incredible conference table. Mm, It's beautiful. But I never saw a tree. This is all like two pieces of wood. right? And it's about five feet across. I haven't seen a tree this big in Days. (laughs)
2: well, Days. It... <laughs>
1: they must have brought this in from some other state,
0: because.
2: But everything's big in Texas, so. You know, these uh, these
0: these came in from a company around Waco. Really? Well, really? yeah. oh, we did yeah. see trees in Waco. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was probably the last time we saw trees
1: that and that <laughs> six point buck. We almost got a six point buck for Thanksgiving. We did, that's right. As a hood Only ornament. A a hood ornament. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not All the right. way you want one. All right. So you talked about how you got into marriage ministry. Let's talk about the marriages that you grew up within. Talk about your folks. What did you learn from your folks about marriage that you wanted to reproduce? Because a lot of times we learn a lot of stuff from our moms and dads. So, Allison, what was your family life growing up? What did you learn about marriage from your folks?
3: Um, my parents were very – I i do not remember my parents arguing hardly ever. They had a lot of patience and grace for one another. They'd actually both come from um, – they had been married before. And so I think they, um, they had learned a lot in those previous marriages. And so when they came together, they really had a um, – a lot of grace and, and patience and mm-hmm. love for one another. So
0: desire for peace.
3: Yes. A very, I had a very peaceful home.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. My home was completely the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Of course. That's the way God always does it. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, I, I would say that the, the greatest gift that my parents gave me in their marriage was, um, undying commitment. My, my parents were pretty volatile. They, they argued quite a bit. Um, so I, I very much knew how to fight, um, coming out of, and and that's, that's, uh, you know, kind of one of those, one of those stories with, with, with Allison and, and I, beginning of our marriage, you know, I, I would, I would kind of overtake her and it was kind of like I'd work her into a corner and, and her, her famous statement was just because you're right, doesn't mean you're right. You know, (laughs) and, and it, it was all about being right. But even though my parents argued like that, they would, they would always, if there was something volatile that happened, they would always come back to us kids even and say, listen, sometimes we fight, but we want you to know, um, we are never going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in, in as, as, as tough as it is for a kid to see their parents fight, um, the knowledge that, 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 in coming back on that in a repentant sort of way and saying, listen, um, we know that that's not a great example, but we want to let you know that, that in the thing that matters the most, we're not going away. Um, we're, we're sticking it out with each other. We're sticking it out with you. And, and so that level of commitment that I saw and I continue to see in my parents now that they, they've, they've celebrated 50 years this Mm, summer. That's fabulous. Um, it's, and it it just, it really does get sweeter. It's, 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 that's, that probably as far as something I've learned from my parents, I see that, that you can continue to grow in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, you see, you see a lot of people that they may have a long-term marriage, but it's kind of the, the fire's grown cold. My parents have a better marriage now than ever and um and that's that's a perpetual heritage for me. Mm-hmm. Isn't so, that
2: encouraging to see
1: that?
0: You're yeah. like
2: I mean it's like you think it's great now but you can even have mm-hmm. greater yep. you know with
3: work and and diligence and yeah. prayer.
1: Yes. So, so how did you guys figure out how to argue?
3: <laughs> well, I know because you asked what the the blessing was out of that. The blessing was the very peaceful home. The flip side of that was I really did not know how to communicate. I didn't know how to argue. I didn't, you know, I mean Unless my dad just really had a different opinion, whatever mom said was just mm-hmm. okay, and so I mean, I just figured that's how it's gonna be. And <laughs> <laughs> I somebody. I, I that wasn't was as
0: compliant. Very <laughs> opinionated and
3: cared about like how we hung pictures and how we. I mean, all, and I'm like, you're, you're not supposed to care about that. Like that's that's me. That's what it, you know. And so, um, yeah, we've it it took some years learning how to communicate and and argue. Correctly, and um.
0: and learning not to, you know how how to not run over her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was it was. uh, I I think I came in thinking that everything was just going to pretty much be my way, Mm -hmm. and that she would see things ultimately my way because my way was always the better way.
3: And he usually was right. I mean, that was the hard thing. Like he was he right, was but wrong right. at the top
0: of there his voice. Go.
3: Yes, and we we had a couple actually in this last intensive we did. They said, if you're right but you're rude, you're wrong. Like, that is the perfect <laughs> oh, way to say that. Great. You know, I had always mm-hmm. said just because you're right doesn't mean you're right. But that's a much better way of verbalizing that and
1: Emerson Egrich always said with love and respect he always said you can be right but wrong at the top of your voice yeah that's where I learned so true Mm
0: -hmm. and and I have been wrong many times at the top of my voice no (laughs) question and I think we're learning now too that that right and righteous are so different you Mm. know righteous to you know not just rightly related um but right loving you know Mm -hmm. that 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 we're that we're in right relationship with each other in the way that we that we walk um that's that's so much more important than being right mm-hmm. um, because I can win an argument at the end of the night. If I haven't won my wife, I'm in trouble. Yep. Yes, you are,
1: and sleeping on
0: the couch. There you yeah. go. All right, so how many kids do you guys have? Three. We have three. Three kids. So how old are they?
3: They're actually about to have birthdays. Our oldest will be 21 on December 4th, and then our... Next son will be 18 on December 16th, and then we have a daughter that will be 16 in February. Yeah. We have all the big years, 21, oh, 18, yeah. 16. Yeah.
1: Wow, so one that can register for the draft, one that can now legally yeah. drink, and one that can now drive. There you go. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah, car trifecta. So that's right. trying Gosh. to keep
2: the
1: home peace. <laughs> right. oh, thanks for raising my blood pressure. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no there problem. you go. Hey, that's just, it's freedom. We, we raise our kids to let them go. Yes. That's true. Yes,
0: that's, that's, true. that's
1: and, But that's a tough lesson. Uh, we can maybe talk about that later. But All right, so... You how would you describe your marriage today, Allison? give it give, use a couple of describing words. How would you describe your marriage to rich today?
3: Mm, I would describe it as full of life and vision and uh, peaceful and
0: um, full of hope. Rich mm. um, together. And it's it's uh, to to me that the, the synergy of of our of our union mm-hmm. is is something um, so much greater than either one of us, and that's that to me you know the oneness I, I know I know what that is mm-hmm. you know I I don't I don't I can't articulate it because it's a mystery, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I but I I can tell you experientially you know that that to me is is what is it's the fruit that i love of our marriage so
1: what's the secret i mean how have you guys you know you described it as peaceful i mean it's rich what's the secret what is the? what's the one thing you guys have done in your marriage that so many other people have missed but that's what made your marriage where it
0: is today do you know what's the secret um about 12 or 13 years into um our marriage and about 10 years into our own ministry, launching our own ministry. Um, I hit a dark night of the soul and it was, it was just a season where, you know, you've heard it said, you know, the heavens are brass or you know, you, you just, everything was coming together at one point. And I just, it was, it was just a dark, dark season. And in that season of desperation, um, we came to a point, and, and sadly, it took a while. <laughs> um, before, it was like I, I came to this place where prayer, um, seeking the seeking the Lord together for us up to that point had been, for if, if we hit up against something that we could, didn't feel like we could get over. you know, or, I mean, here I was, I'd been in ministry for 15 years at that point, And so it didn't, doesn't sound very much like a, a minister should be thinking, right? But I'm telling you, that's the reality of it. Um, we came to this place and I was like, honey, um, we just, we just need to start praying together. And, and that sounds trite. Um, but we began to set our hearts to praying and it was really praying to get out of the, to, to, for the Lord to give us an answer, to give us a direction where to go, what to do, because we were just at our wits end. And, um, that, that led into a season about a month into that where our prayer began to shift. Um, at first, we were like, "Lord, just show us what to do, and we'll do it." We're, we're together in that seeking Him, yeah. and we began to experience the delight of His presence mm-hmm. and the delight of of our relationship together. Prior to that, I'd said, to "Allison, I don't even know why I stay around. I, I don't have anything to offer anymore. I just, I, I just felt completely like life had been sucked out of me." Mm-hmm. But as we began to seek Him together like that intentionally, um, our relationship and with him first began to, to, to become preeminent together. And Mm -hmm. then as, as that happened, he was drawing us closer to each other as well. And our marriage, even though our situation wasn't changing, um, the nearness of his presence was knitting us tighter together and tighter with him as well. That, Mm -hmm. that kind of double oneness. So that was the big shift. What would you add to that?
3: Um, I think it was, I mean, it was a pressing in season, you know, where we just, um, we really didn't, I, you know, it was either I was going to be really mad and, um, frustrated with him all the time, or we were going to seek the father and he was going to give us direction. And so it's amazing when you're praying together, um, and hearing each other's hearts in that Mm -hmm. laid bare before the father, Mm -hmm. um, how much grace and love you have for each other, um, more than if you're just trying to talk something out
1: that's good well now that you've heard from rich and allison smith's heart wait do you hear about the ministry that they get involved in and how they can help couples really move forward by dealing with their past and doing it in a healthy way in fact rewiring their brains it's unbelievable (laughs) You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we head t- t- together on Tuesdays from Lubbock, Texas, with Rich and Allison Smith. We're on location at Beatonbow Homes, as they are the hugest builder in Lubbock, Texas. Hugest. And we're going to talk about them tomorrow and the ministries that they've got at Kingdom at Work Ministries. And Allison, you, you're you an assistant to, you're like you an executive assistant somewhere near. What, what are you, your title? I don't title? Even know what your title is. Sorry, I apologize. Right. You're probably CEO, and I don't
3: know. <laughs> He's don't, making no, it up. No executive anythings, but. Um, I am one of our ministry coordinators here. We have a ministry coordinator for, I'm at the home office. And then we have one in our, um, two different sales offices here, West and South. And then we also build in Midland, Odessa and Amarillo. And so we have a coordinator in each one of those regions.
1: So what does it mean to be a ministry coordinator for a home builder?
3: I know. It just means that I get to love on people all day long. It's the most amazing job ever. Um, today. What does that look
1: like? Give me a picture.
3: Today, I went and um, picked up some gifts and a gift card for a couple who had a baby. And this is their second baby. That when you have a first baby, we do a full-out baby shower for Aww. the whole company. But um, and then I was, For a customer? No, no, no. no, no. no. This for is one some, of our um, employees. One of your employees. Okay.
1: And wow. you have how many employees here? Oh, gosh.
3: <clears throat> okay, lots of them.
1: 185. In
3: yeah, the about company. 185. We we are growing leaps and bounds. So, um, so you're
1: doing ministry to the employees within... Yes, okay, sir. So, yes. not to the It's like customers. a chaplaincy. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. That kind of is. There you go. Kind of like a chaplaincy. And we do,
3: now, our, our construction guys and our sales teams, we um, we do have outreach to our, our trade partners, but. Um, my specific role is the our employees here. So That's awesome. Get to love on them and pray with them. and
1: yep. And we're going to hear lots more about Bow Homes tomorrow and the Ministry of Kingdom at Work and the Kingdom at Work conference that they had, the workshop they had back in October. But we're back talking with Rich and Allison Smith about their marriage ministry. And it's a ministry that they're, they're not trying to attract people like, hey, come to Lubbock, Texas and go through this. They want you to take what they're doing and multiply it wherever you're listening to the show around the world because... What they're doing is stuff that can work in any culture and in any place because it's talking about just fixing the damage to our brains. I I really love that, the the fixing the canyons that you got going through your brain. That was Mm -hmm. was an image I got out of that. That was Mm -hmm. like chapter three, I think. (laughs) Talk to me about how did you end up where you're at today, Rich, with the ministry, the marriage-intensive
0: ministries, the the mini-retreats that you do. How did you end up there? Well, Picking up from that dark night of the soul mm-hmm. season, um, ironically, what, what, what was happening that I didn't understand at that point is that God was killing me. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was, I was dying a slow death personally, um, which, which was an opportunity for the Lord to kind of resurrect something better. And at that point, our ministry is really kind of focused about focused over my gifts, mainly music, um, worship leading. Okay. Um, and Allison was a support to me in that. Um, and, through that season, the father showed us that he wanted to remake our, our ministry from a ministry based off of my gifts to a ministry that he was going to utilize us side by side together. Mm. Um, and he showed us that things that we've been doing on the side, as far as ministry within marriages and families to our friends, instead of that being a secondary thing that we kind of did on the side, he wanted to make that our primary thing. And would begin to move secondarily those things that I was doing on my own uh, in, in worship ministry. So, from there at that point, Allison was not, not working outside of the home. And we began to just really throw ourselves into a lot more, um, intentional time with family camps and like basically youth camp for the whole family and, and, and a lot more marriage ministry on our own couch, you know, just, just bringing people into our home and, and offering them counsel. And, um, but when Allison went to work three years ago here, um, we, that was our big question before the father is, Lord, we feel like you're leading her here, but what about our ministry together? And, um, we began to seek him for how, how can we continue to have impact on marriages without taking our precious evening time you know, together that we needed to. Because
1: you still got kids at home and that Mm -hmm. evening time is the precious time with the kids at home.
0: and in our own marriage, you know, it's like, it's, uh, we could fight for other people's marriages and in the process lose our own. Mm -hmm. So there, there was time that needed to be guarded for the sake of our own children, for the sake of our own marriage. And so as we began to pray about that, we, we remembered that there was a ministry, um, that's not too far from here called the Hideaway Experience. Um, that does marriage intensives over a five-day period, like a long weekend. And um, that had always been in the back of my mind as something I wanted to check out because I wanted to see how it might augment with some of the things that we do and things that we might be able to pick up there to help the people that we minister to. Um, so we went on that retreat and, and the Lord confirmed a lot of things in us. So the two of you went. The two mm-hmm. of us went. You got yeah. to experience this. We did. Mm-hmm. We, right. Yeah, we, we, we went to experience it. And, and that particular experience is many times focused on marriages that are kind of on, at the brink, mm-hmm. which we were very much not at the brink. But we were at, at the same time looking for a way that we might be able to continue to perpetuate this ministry that we had had without giving up um, our, our, our time, you know, giving up eight, eight times, you know, eight eight evening sessions with each couple. Right. Um, in in on our on our regular evening time together. So we went, we experienced that, we we're like, you know what, um, we can we can take this and kinda augment it a little bit and make it into something that we could work in with our own ministry.
1: We're talking today with Rich and Allison Smith right here in Lubbock, Texas. And Martha, as they're describing how they got introduced to this five days to a new marriage series. You and I went through this mm-hmm. and we just briefly went through it. We didn't take five days to do it, but we took a couple of days. We've been married 31 years. Our marriage, you would describe fairly solid, wouldn't you? <laughs> nice face. Yes, very much so. All right, but yet there was stuff in there that was really good.
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. I think that um, I would love to see how it all plays out because um, there's some very... I think the thing it really keys in on that we picked up is the fact that it's very simple concepts, but written in such a way and worded in such a way that you really look at yourself and say, you know, we can have a better marriage. And I love that, that it's not, yes, critical situations can really benefit from this. But one of the things that we see all over the country is that marriage is just need to be invested in mm-hmm. and need to be strengthened and given tools to do that.
1: So, so how like, does this marriage-intensive start off, Allison? Well, I mean, when you guys have a weekend set up, I mean, how many couples are you guys working with in a, in a weekend?
3: We do four couples at okay. a time.
1: So four couples plus you. Okay, Correct. so plus 10 us, of you in a room. And generally, well, go ahead. Well, we'll we Don't will fight. have a
3: facilitator couple along with us okay um it just really helps so there's there's 12 of us total then two facilitators Mm -hmm. and then the four couples that are going through it
1: all right describe how's it kick off
3: wow the first um gosh the first uh evening session that we do is um talks about our Mm usness and how um we are uh you know we're not just two individuals giving up our identity but um you know, when you, when you have your first child, it's not all of me and it's not all of rich. It's a part of both of us that makes this child. And so, um, uh, just, I don't know the usness part is You're that
1: creating is like, a new being with the two right. of you. Yes.
3: Right. And how, how it needs to be nurtured and invested in. And, um, it's not a tit for tat thing. It's, this is our marriage and we want to make it grow. And, and, um, it's this beautiful thing, even outside of us. One of the guys had, um, that he tells a story in there about um, an older gentleman who'd been married for years and years. And he said, you know, when my wife um, passes away, he said, um, the thing that I'm going to miss most about her is what we were together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just her, but the things that you, which is a lifetime of building those things together right. and building that usness. ness right. Which
1: is why most couples who've been married for a lifetime, when one of the spouses goes, the other one goes very, very quickly. Because sure. really, the part of them died right Mm -hmm. i mean what's go ahead
2: well you know i when we read that concept um for me that our culture really lacks that Mm -hmm. because we think either you complete me you know or or yeah you know it's all about me and and not so much this whole idea that when we come together we we've been talking a lot about how god god created man and woman um there are things that can never be the one um without each other. That's right? right. And um so that the fact that it's like a separate entity that mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. to be nurtured I think that could be revolutionary for a lot of people to think about it that way yes. rather than what can you do for me and I can do for you but what mm-hmm. can we do to be this couple.
0: Well and we talk a lot about how if that if that is true or or since that is true mm-hmm. um would we wouldn't even think about taking one of our children you know in in their infancy and not giving them the attention the, the care that they need and yet we neglect our own marriage we do. that we neglect that entity a lot mm-hmm. we forget this is you know kind of treating it like it's the first child of our marriage really
1: and that whole concept of children in the book as it described how the whole God's whole purpose of us having children was for them to experience unconditional love and unconditional just unconditional everything that was his whole idea behind the family And yet that's not the way most families are. We're talking with Rich and Allison Smith today because we wanted you guys to hear about the marriage intensive that they're doing using the material found in a book called Five Days to a New Marriage uh, by Terry Hargrave and Sean Stover. 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 That's what I was going to say, but then I looked at that and like, hmm, I sure. could get messed up on that one. All right. Talk to me about how this how this works. So, you, um, so
2: I want to just um, kind of kick this off because as we started reading this, I think it made a very key point at the very beginning. And it, you had alluded to earlier that we're going and looking back at how we were raised and what our childhood was like, not to blame, not to point fingers, but to, to acknowledge that we were conditioned, that we were shown ways that may be bad responses. Right. And I love that whole concept in the book and I just want you to kind of start with that because I don't want people to be like, "Oh, here we go again. I'm going to go back to my childhood and blame everybody else for where who I am." But we need to acknowledge when we get married, we marry somebody that was raised in a different household, had different, you know, responses to things and were treated differently and how we deal with that and learn from ourselves. Right. So speak to that a little.
0: You know, People, when they say, "What, what, what do most marriages struggle with?" You know, you could talk about money. You could talk about uh, different sex drives. Mm-hmm. You could talk about parenting. But the truth is, uh, most of the things that we argue about in marriage predated the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we came, we came in, um, kind of pre-coded with some lies, some lies that we picked up earlier. Um, and a lot of times we find that those lies happened as a child or in junior high, junior high. So, I mean, it's, it's traumatic rough. for most it's kids, rummy. you know, we're not going there. Yeah, one, one, one <laughs> of my, one of my big lies, yeah. One of my big lies came out of, came out of seventh grade, you know, with a football coach saying some things to me in front of a big group of guys about not being able to be counted on. Mm. Well, that, that fed into this inadequacy in me that fed into this insignificance in me. And those are things that you that you that you try to cope with, right? You you kind of you kind of put that off over there. I'm just not going to think about that. I'm and, and we cope in in, in ways that, that, that we don't deal with the hurt, we just move on. Um, but but what we learn through this process is, um, you know you don't just try to forget about the pain. If you, if you just forget about the pain, you're going to cope the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have all these, all these coping mechanisms that do nothing, but just kind of try to disregard it, try to find a happy place. Um, but instead you can replace that lie with the truth. And the truth is what, what God says about you. Yeah. So it's a re-identification. What was your intended design? And, and the only person that can speak of intended design about you is your father. You know, right? And so your heavenly Father speaks the truth over what, over over why you were created. What's your purpose here? And most of the time, it's directly against the lie, mm-hmm. because with almost all of us, Satan hits the same few buttons all the time, and it works. Yeah, we got sore spots. He likes to press on the yeah. sore spots. So you you go from so you're
1: identifying the the, the pain cycle. What, what what's causing the pain, and how is it how is it vomiting back up, or regurgitating back up in your marriage, time and time and time, and time again? And then you move to the peace cycle. Allison, mm-hmm. talk about that.
3: Um, the peace cycle is awesome because like Rich was saying, once you, I mean, you've got to get quiet before the father and ask him, you know, who do you say that I am? Because it's different for everybody. You know, there's there are specific things that that we all need to hear that combat specific lies that we have held on to. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things for me when I was sitting before the father on that was um, just uh, him telling me that I am secure and I'm not alone and that I'm going to be OK. That was a huge, it means nothing to anybody else probably. Mm. But to me, in, in the things that I would get so stirred up about and I could never seem to resolve, and I was just working, 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 and he just gently, he was like, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I can, I can just take a deep breath and rest in that. And so when, I, when my pain gets triggered and I can feel my heart you know, racing and I, I know what buttons are being pushed, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm secure and I'm not alone and I'm going to be okay. And now I can walk forward and I can, um, you know, have a conversation or I can, um, but I'm I'm walking in my peace. I'm walking out of, out of who God says I am and not out of pain. Well, mm-hmm.
1: I'm not sure which chapter it was, whether it was three or four, but this, how you train people to say, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, but just because I feel that way, this is what I know is the truth. And here's, how I'm going to act on that truth. I mean, you, you train people to really retrain their minds sure yeah. i mean and that, that's really what you're trying to do yeah
0: it, this this uh one of the big buzzwords now is is neuroplasticity um but it's that notion and we hear it out it's not just a, it's not a christian phrase at all that that's 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 a neuroscience phrase that's basically saying I, be honest most of the people listening are going i've never heard that word before so,
1: <laughs> you know, most of us aren't going well, oh, you, neuroplasticity. You may, you, may, you may
0: have seen like commercials for lumosity or things like that that are apps that you can help build your brain strength you mm-hmm. know but the, the notion of, of, of this plasticity is that, is that actually thoughts have substance to them. Um, and, and when we begin to, to think in certain ways, we can literally entrench our, not just our minds, our brains physically physically. That, and, and, it, and it creates synapses that, that, that you that you tend to fall into over and over and over pathways that are not right. healthy for you, right. but you can rebuild new pathways mm-hmm. by, by creating this new feedback loop that, loop that says, I'm not going to stop rehearsing the lies. I'm going to begin to rehearse the truth. Okay. So a couple goes through this. They go
1: through these five days with you guys. When they come out, obviously they're not fixed because it takes a long time to redevelop patterns and, and redevelop new habits. What do you see, though, down the road, six months down the road? If they actually really put this into practice, what are you seeing in their marriages, Allison?
3: Um, man, its it really is transformational. I mean, it, the thing that I came out of, are intensive with was just how I had been coping all my life with things, you know? And so when, when you're armed with this and you, you've found those things that, um, that are your, your, that lead you into your pain cycle. Um, yeah, the lies. Um, you know, we, we've had, we've had a couple that they literally put up their little charts in their closet and he goes over it every morning before he even leaves the house, you know? And so it just, he speaks it. Sure. You have to speak it out loud. You do. You're. You know. You're. Um, you've got to hear yourself saying it, and um, you speak that life over yourself. And um, it's just. It's. I don't know. It's transformational.
0: It's not a partner trick. It's. It's. It's agreeing with what God says yeah. is true about us, mm. and and we we have to declare things. You know, um, as as sons and daughters of the Most High, declarations a very important thing. He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. He's saying, "I want you to invite heaven into your realm, and by and by speaking those things out, um, we're inviting heaven—a true reality of who He's created us to be—in our space. We're inviting Him into that space to change things." Mm-hmm.
2: You know, one of the things that at the very end of the book, um, it talks about in your at the end, and I'm imagining you do this with the couples is you talk about the fact that they, they are going to start a new marriage, um, and that they need to create a vision for that marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us don't go into marriage to begin with, with a vision. And so to see, to see this in people's lives, especially early in their marriage would be Mm -hmm. so exciting because then they've not formed all those bad habits and coping, um, within the marriage. But, um, what does that, I mean, encourage couples to have a vision. What does that empower them to do?
0: Well, that gives them an opportunity really. Um, you know, when, as a man thinks in his mind, so is he, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and as, as they begin to, to, to envision what God has for them, they're, they're, they're agreeing with their creative potential. You know, we're made like our daddy. He's, he's the ultimate creator. We're little C creators. Mm -hmm. And so as, as we begin to agree with him in that, it gives us hope again, mm-hmm. you know? And it gives us something that we can turn instead of facing each other and going way, 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 we can we can turn together side by mm-hmm. side and and, and and, begin to pursue his purpose for us. Mm-hmm. Now instead of fighting against each other, we're fighting for something. Yep, on the same team. Okay. On the same but team. people don't have to come to see Rich and Allison Smith in Lubbock, Texas, to what? go through this. How do how do they get a hold of this? How do they get this started in their community? I would encourage folk to check out the book on Amazon five days to a new marriage. Um, it's, it's not hard to find. It's it, it comes in a packet with a DVD. Um, I, I think what our hope from this time would be today is that, that there would be people all, all over the country that say, you know what? I don't just want a better marriage, but I have three or four other friends that are in marriage that we really want to see grow. And we want to grow together and we want to hold each other accountable. We want to walk together mm-hmm. in newness of life mm-hmm. and that they would be inspired to, to do this. Whether it's to, to, to take to a retreat it done, to do this or, or, or if it's to do it one night a week for eight weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are glad to help people do this. So how do they um, get a hold of you? They, they I, I'm going to give out my personal email. Okay. Um, RichSmith70 at gmail.com. I don't usually do that. RichSmith70 at gmail.com. But if you're interested in, in being trained to do this, to bring this to your friends, we would be glad to help you. Um Please don't abuse we them. We want to anymore. multiply. They're not <laughs> going to abuse <laughs> it. Our
1: listeners want it. So five days to a new marriage. Check out Rich and Allison Smith. Go ahead and give Rich an email. And just if you want to start it in your town, just get that done. That email again was richsmith70
0: at gmail.com.
1: You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg from Lubbock, Texas. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.